This morning, we're going to launch a three-part series that will help us take a look at three prayers that I think are essential to our relationship with God. Help, thanks, and wow. There may be no better person in the Bible to teach us about prayer than King David. He knew how to pray. He was a prayer warrior from his earliest days of his youth throughout his life. And we know about the quality of his prayer life from the historical books in the Old Testament of First and Second Samuel. We also know about his prayer life because the book of Psalms contains 73 prayers that David wrote. So we're going to use David's prayers as a launching pad for this discussion each week. And we're going to start this morning with just a very simple, honest prayer. Help. And if you want to follow along in the church app, just go to the notes sections and some of the scriptures and thoughts will be there. You can follow along and make your own notes with the message this morning. I think the vast majority of David's prayers in the Psalms fell in this category of help. Scholars call them psalms of lament, or literally just a point in David's life where he cries out for God's help. And as we read these laments, we start to understand pretty quickly that David gets it. Life is hard. He knows what the real world is like. He doesn't sugarcoat things in his prayers. He tells it like it is. And I think that's why a lot of believers through the centuries have turned to these prayers when they're frightened or when they're hurt, or when they're simply overwhelmed by the stuff of life. In Psalm 40, David is one, in one of those places, and he begins to pray like this. Lord, don't hold back your tender mercies from me. Let your unfailing love and faithfulness always protect me. David prays this vulnerable, honest prayer. God, what I'm facing is beyond me. I can't do this on my own. God, I need you. Help. So I think help may actually be the hardest of all three of these prayers. It's incredibly humbling, I think, for us to ask for help, to admit to ourselves that we need it, and even to come to a place where we would ask God for help. It's humbling because we have to admit that we can't do this on our own. One psychologist and author that I ran across this week just said it very bluntly, asking for help is the worst. So I want to do a quick check-in. I'm here in the church building on Friday afternoon. You're listening to this on Sunday morning, and I want you to know as we do this check-in that I'm watching your comments in YouTube. I want to see who will be honest enough to say yes. So you can do this physically. You can raise a hand in your living room, adults, students, kids, everybody, as I ask these questions. Or you can give a thumbs up in the chat space on YouTube. But what I want to know is if you, if you have ever asked for help at home, at work, from a friend, from a family member, is there ever a point in your life where you've had to ask for help? So that's a yes for me. So I want you to keep that hand in the air, and I'm going to ask you a second question. When you've asked for help in the past, did you ever feel weak or needy or incompetent because you had to ask 
for help. So raise your other hand or your left thumb in the chat, I guess would be what it is. So is that you? Do you identify with that? My guess is there are hands up all over the area. I think I can safely assume that we've all struggled with asking for help. It's hard, and so consequently, we often don't ask for help soon enough. We don't ask because when we ask, it makes us feel incompetent. I ought to be able to do this on my own. When we ask, we fear rejection. I mean, I opened up and asked before, and I only got two people that said they were willing to help me, and they didn't show up. When we ask, we feel judged. I mean, I owned my mess. I asked for help, and my relationship took a hit because of my honesty. And while those are hard, I think if we dig a little bit deeper, we'll find some deeper pain that keeps us from asking for help. We don't ask for help because if we're honest, we may not want to change what's broken. And I know that if, you invite, if I invite you into the mess in my life, if I ask for help, you're probably going to point that stuff out. We don't ask for help because of our pride. And our pride surfaces as we talk to others about our situation. It even surfaces in our self-talk. I ought to be able to do this, right? I just need to try harder. I need to wait a little longer. I don't want to be one of those needy people. Any of that strike a chord with you? Any of those feelings inside of you when you ask for help? Does that run through your head? It's no wonder we struggle to ask for help. And so we wait. We often wait way too long to ask for help from others. And those same feelings, I think, get transferred over into our relationship with God. And it's not that we can wait too long to ask God for help. It's just that if we wait, sometimes we create unnecessary messes in our life. So there is a simple saying attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson that was ingrained into me as a child. It'll never leave my brain. So the quote goes like this. If you sow a thought, you reap an action. If you sow an action, you reap a habit. If you sow a habit, you reap a character. And if you sow a character, you reap a destiny. Now, assuming that that formula is true, what do you think would be the best point to ask for help from God? Should we wait until our character is negatively impacting our destiny? We could. But how much pain, how much struggle are we going to avoid if we go all the way back to the beginning and we start asking God for help when those destructive thoughts first enter our mind? How different, I wonder, would David's story have been if when he had those first lust-filled thoughts about Bathsheba, that he fell to his knees and he prayed to God and asked for help? How different would David's legacy have been if when he started entertaining the ideas in his head about an affair with a married woman, if he just reached out to his friend 
the prophet Nathan and asked for help. If you read David's bio, you'll quickly start to discover that David created a lot of the mess in his life. He created relational messes, emotional messes. He created sin messes. He created family messes. Even if you watch him, he created leadership messes in his life. And so when the Bible refers to David as a man after God's own heart, I don't think it's talking about David's moral integrity. I think it's talking about this, that when David found himself in a mess, mostly of his own creating, he humbled himself and he asked God for help. If we go back to Psalm 40, we start to discover the various parts of this prayer from David. David prayed in verse 12, my troubles surround me, they are too many to count. And we don't know the exact point in history where this psalm was written. David doesn't give us any clues. But biblical scholars believe that it was written in that window of time between when Saul died, the king before David, and when David made his way to the throne in Israel. Saul was dead. And though Saul had been pursuing him to murder him, that was not all of David's trouble in this life. If you read the story in, in 2 Samuel, you find that trouble followed David even in the nation of Israel after Saul was dead because there were citizens and soldiers who were fiercely loyal to Saul. David had trouble with other nations outside of Israel largely because he had lied to them, he had deceived them, he had abused them while he was running from Saul. And so when Saul died, it didn't change their feelings. They still hated David, and they hated the nation of Israel. David had trouble in his own family. If my math is right, by this point, he had five wives and a herd of kids. I couldn't even count how many. And all of that family would prove to make trouble for David for the rest of his life. Even David's loyal army, his loyal army, was largely filled with malcontents who were either a part of his extended family or they were defectors from other armies in the region where they just didn't agree with the leadership. Leading this collection of miscreants would continue to cause trouble for David throughout his time as king. And so David was very specific. He was spot on when he said, my troubles surround me. David's prayer for help is also very humble. The very next lines out of his mouth are, My sins pile up so high, I can't see my way out. They outnumber the hairs on my head. Essentially, David prays and says, God, I'm a mess. And I'm not an innocent victim here. I bear guilt for my choices. I bear guilt for my actions. And those are borne out in the consequences in my life. And all I can see at this point is my failings. David has been so humbled that he now is done with excuses, done with blaming, done with denying. And so he then prays a very honest prayer, a very transparent, authentic prayer when he says, 
I've lost all courage. Lord, please rescue me. Come quickly, Lord, and help me. That is a deeply honest prayer. God, hurry. Come help me. I'm drowning here. I've lost my way, and I don't know where to move next. One of the books that I finished recently is by a favorite author of mine, Anne Lamott. She is an edgy Christian author, and she is painfully honest about her struggles with God. That's part of what I love about her. She writes these words. When we've run out of good ideas on how to fix the unfixable, when we finally stop trying to heal our own sick, stressed minds with our sick, stressed minds, when we're truly at the end of our rope and just done, we all say the same prayer. Help. We say, help. This is really too much. Help. I'm slowly going crazy. Help. I can't do this. Help. I can't stop doing this. Help. I can't feel anything. Or we pray, help. He's going to leave me. Help. I have no life. Help. I hate the life I have. Help. I forgot to have a life. Or I forgot to pay attention as it scrolled by. So how about you this morning? you have any challenges, any situations, any messes in your life where you've run out of good ideas on how to fix the unfixable? Is there something in your life that's just broken your spirit? Is there something in your life, some illness that you have or someone you love has, and you've been broken by the limits, and the losses. This morning, do you find yourself stuck or stuck again in addictive patterns that are wrecking your life? Are you in need of reassurance and direction from God? I think it is a key question to think about, are you ready? To pray David's very specific, very honest, very humble prayer. God, help me. Trouble surrounds me. My sins are piled high. I can't see where I'm going. I can't see the road ahead. God, help me. Enter my mess. Restore my life, my soul, my joy. God, help me. It's not a prayer that we pray when we're comfortable and successful. God, help me. It's a prayer that reminds us that what is beyond our limits is most certainly not beyond God's. And whether we scream that prayer from the rooftop or we whisper it in the dead of night, breathing that simple prayer, help me, begins to break through the pain that we're feeling and bring healing to our soul. I want to end the teaching this morning the same way that David ends this prayer in Psalm 40. And I've paraphrased the prayer, but I want to pray it for us, over us this morning. So would you pray with me? God, help us. 
we recognize that we are poor and we are needy. Don't lose track of us, God. Please keep us in your thoughts because you are our helper. You are our Savior. God, our God, help us. And please, don't delay. Amen.